tonight on Whiskey Waffle. I mean, you're a big man in general, but I'm even bigger now. Unfortunately, the carrier pigeon died because we didn't actually get to the sack quick enough over Christmas. You need to give yourself at least five spankings. That's this episode on Whiskey Waffle, the podcast. I mean, cast. Happy New Year, listeners. Happy New Decade, indeed. Happy New Decade, miss, as I've been saying to people. Decade, miss, indeed. Well, it's it's the start of something new, as High School Musical would say. And, um, yeah, the start of a brand new podcast. What will the 2020s bring us wafflers? Well, stay tuned to find out. Flapper dresses, perhaps? Yeah, just some, some great swing music. No, well, we're actually going to start the new decade um, with a review. We've got a new review, Ted. Woo! Woo-hoo! And it is from Whiskey Enthusiast Rob. We um, we guilted him into it in the Christmas episode, didn't we, Ted? Yep, we, oh, we sort of pinned him down and um, gave him a uh, bit of a burn until he... Um Relented. Yep, he, he can't stand up to that sort of that sort of pressure, Rob. So he said, "Congratulations, boys, on a great, entertaining podcast." And I haven't been shamed into it, so it wasn't our torture that did it. There we go. Uh, love the content and banter, including the great local knowledge on Tasmanian whiskey and local distilleries. Keep up the great work, and if you haven't tuned in, make sure you do. I'm on my third lap, Slonger. What you're you're actually telling me that someone has listened to our podcasts not once, not twice. But three times. Yeah, that either says that our podcasts are really entertaining or that we haven't released enough and that these guys just need to keep uh, keep repeating them over and over to get their fill. Maybe sort of Rob doesn't understand how other podcasts work and he's sort of just keeping going around on ours because that's all he knows how to do. It's like he's... <laughs> he's, he's got stuck. Yeah, forgotten how to work the um, non-repeat button. So. Well, if that's happened, please, Rob, tell us how we can make that happen to other people's podcast apps. Indeed. Yeah. Have you listened to our podcast three times? No, it's okay. Um, right. Thanks very much, Rob, for the review. And to all our listeners out there, we do love it when you give us some feedback, some reviews. It really helps us spread the, the waffly words. So, And as, you, as you've just witnessed, we'll read it out on the podcast if you leave us a nice review. That was five stars from Rob. Cheers. Well, shall we get on with the New Year's episode, Ted? We shall. And mm. I think we should start off this New Year's episode with something that we did last year. Good plan. Let's do it. The Waffle. So, us wafflers, at the end of each year, we give a series of awards. They're very highly esteemed. People are always climbing over themselves to try and win these ones. And um, we thought that our topic of discussion on the waffle today should be announcing the awards, if you haven't heard who our winners are. And or, probably, or read. Or read, yeah. Or even smelt. Yeah, this is true. Mm. So yes, our Waffle Awards. Now we've got different categories uh, in our awards, different true. different winners. Yeah, um, we'll explain the categories as we go through. And um, yeah, there might be a slight bias to whiskies from our own country, but that's not not just not just Australian or Tasmanian whiskies. There are some from around the world as well. Well, there's there's one and and yeah, one and one. Yeah, um, but that's okay. That's okay because it's a good one. So where should we begin? I think we should begin at the uh, very top because yeah. that's a pretty good, pretty good place to start, and it's a pretty massive jam to um, kick kick the round off. Yeah, the very out. first one is what we call the Isle of the Dram Award, which goes to the, our favourite Tasmanian whiskey of the year. Thanks to Tim Duckett for having us around at Hartwood HQ and getting us a little dram of the Hartgrove. You say you say Hartgrove, so. Heart, obviously that's heart wood, but where the wood's gone and there's grove on the end, like that's a stand of trees. But yeah, it's got a bunch of olives in it. 
Yeah, like, where's the grove come from? Okay, it's not an olive grove. It is, in fact, a rye grove. A rye grove? Mm. This is Belgrove spirit. Yeah. And what did Belgrove make their spirit out of normally, Ted? Kittens. Yeah, or whatever Pete Bugan was got lying around at the time. Um, but mainly rye. Indeed, he is fairly famed around these parts for making a quite a quite a strange tasting rye. We've we've I think we've spoken it's quite about quite a this. unique drop. I'd say no, it it is an unique drop. Um, <laughs> but when you take Tim Duckett's Heartwood Magic and sprinkle this pixie dust over the top, you get Heartgrove. It's 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 still got that earthy rye characteristic, especially on the palate, but it's got this sweet dollop of strawberry puree over the top. Sweet. Good, it is. Good it taste. is quite sweet. Good tasting notes there. Yeah, yeah. Um, yes, it is a fantastic drop. Um, when it was announced and pre-releases uh, sales came up, it flew out the door. Apparently faster than any other Heartwood release. But um, there you go. There was a bit of excitement in the air. No wonder it won. We're caught up in the hype. Oh, I don't, I don't think we're caught up. I think we. I don't know. We I love th- a good hype train here at Whiskey Waffle. I think. Well. We we regularly feed the hype beast, but yeah. um, I I think we took a a, a very sort of uh, technical and um, appreciative look at it, and I think we awarded it on its merits. I think we did both. All right, coming along to our, our next award, which is a new one. It is a new one. Now we had a bit of a discussion here at Waffle HQ. Um, yeah, and it's so, all on the purpose of equality, isn't it? Yeah. Back back when we first started doing our awards, pretty much Tasmania was the the beating heart of Australian whiskey, and Which there were it still is. It definitely still is, but there were very few distilleries on the mainland. That's changed. Yeah, somewhat. Quite a bit, actually. So Quite we've, a lot. we've decided that, as well as a an Isle of the Dramed award, we also needed to have a Drams Down, Down Under. That wasn't Australian enough. Try it again. Drams Down, Down Under. Under. Nice. So our Drams Down Under award for the best mainland Australian whiskey goes to a pretty exciting one for both of us just because again it might be the hype train talking but we got excited by it and we just really like the flavor it's the archie rose the archie rose rye malt whiskey Mm. now how does this compare to the rye in the heart grove and i suppose um bell groves in general it's completely different but I guess if you've had a lot of Canadian whiskies, you're probably more accustomed to the flavour that's going on with the Archie Rose, which has been matured in virgin oak barrels, but it's got this sort of um, spicy toffee thing going on, which is rather drinkable. Yeah, I think I think it's got places to go. I don't think it's reached its final form yet, and I think it's a Solera. It, oh, yeah. Try the next one. Try the one after that. I, I think it. I think it will continue to improve over time, mm. but we think that Archie Rose is going to be quite big. Oh yeah! But speaking of quite big, the distillery that makes the winner of the Tartan Slipper Award, that is our best Scottish whiskey, it's a fairly big distillery, isn't it, Ted? It's pretty bloody massive. In fact, it is the number one selling single malt in the world true so we've given it to the glenfiddich 12 year old no yes no my favorite no it's not the 12 year old it is the glenfiddich fire and cane now this is part of their experimental series yeah they did the ipa they um, did project xxxx and the tenation song of fire and ice or something no, yeah yeah no that's that's uh diageo um no, I don't know. They've done a few, the ice wine one. But yep. 
this is this is the one that's got us the most excited. This is actually legit one of my favorite whiskies of 2019. I encouraged uh, my sister to buy a bottle for her boyfriend and he's gone back and got two more. Yep. He's actually run us dry in uh, Bernie because yeah. he went down to our favorite local bottle shop and, yeah, ran them out of bottles of it. Yeah. Shout out to Viv who's probably not listening to this. Yeah. So the, the, the thing with the Fire and Cane is that it's got a trick. It's actually a magical whiskey. Apparently. It disappears very quickly. Yeah, it does. <laughs> Vanishes yeah. like smoke. <laughs> um, the, th- the thing with it is, so the, the title Fire and Cane comes from its creation. So it uses Highland um, peated single malt whiskies. So that's the smoke. And then Glenfiddich finishes it in South American rum casks. They don't actually say which country. It's just a variety of them. But they reckon that people get completely different tasting notes out of this. So much so that they include two completely separate sets of tasting notes with a bottle. One for the sweet sort of notes, so for the sort of rum casky effect, the other lot for the smoky ones. Which which team are you on, Nick? Uh, hashtag Team Kane, all the way. I get all that sweet sort of gooeyness. Sure, there is that smoke there, but because I'm quite accustomed to the odd Isla drop, this is this is all about the rum for me. And yeah, I think I I think I do sit on Team Fire. I think I get the more mm. smoky notes, but it depends on how you drink it as well. Depends but what you've just had before going. It into is a it. really really well balanced whiskey. It's just really drinkable. It, um, yeah. yeah, it's got me back into Glenfiddich, and it's got a few people that we know back into it as well. They've tried it and they've gone. Yeah, there is actually something something mm. yeah to get excited about with Glenfid. Well, let's zip, uh, zip into the next couple of awards um, nice and quickly because the next one is the Pocket Pleaser, the perfect pick for the parched penny pincher, which is a dangerous thing to say on a microphone with no pop filters. But anyway, I did it anyway. And the this is for the best value whiskey, of course. It is. And that goes to the Starwood Twofold. Starwood, another Australian whiskey coming back here. This one's a bit different. Yeah, so this one has a little clever trick up its sleeve. So the the thing the thing that really makes this uh, stand out in part is that it's a sixty dollar, sixty seventy dollar whiskey. That's putting hence it Australian, hence it winning the yeah. award. Yeah, but yeah, the fact is that it's Australian and that's putting it in competition with like your Glen Glenfid Twelves or it's putting it in competition with your Glen Murray's just about. Yeah. Um, but now, why is it so cheap, Ted? Well, the way they do it is they use um, neutral wheat spirit as it's well as It's a blend, right. I understand. It's a blend. And it's pretty good. Yeah. It's not the best Australian whiskey out there by any means, but for the price, it's mm. fantastic. Oh, and that's it. A really nice light summer drinker that you can there's, share with your mates and like have a really good time with. There's not been much of an Australian quaffing whiskey before, is there? But this one is it. Yeah, it's uh, wine casks. Um, mm. Gives it a nice, yeah, nice robust texture, even though it's got quite light still with the um, the wheat spirit in there. So mm. yeah, we yeah. like it. Yeah, goes down quite nicely, which brings us to. Not quite directly. It's one that goes down less nicely. Is the uh, the Weird Ski Award? Um, it's a very clever play on words there between the words weird and whiskey. Weird Ski, and um, this one we've actually reviewed on the podcast not that long ago mm. in a mystery whiskey section, and I was baffled. And no, for good reason too. It's mm. it's baffling. It is a baffling whiskey. It is. I knew what we were drinking, and I was baffled. <laughs> yeah, which which really suggests what's going on here. So the winner. Of the Whiskey Award is the Whippersnapper Project Q. Q. Q is for 
quinoa. Q is for quinoa. Yes, or as we like to say, quinoa. Hipsters A to Z book. Q is for quinoa. And that's what they've made it out of predominantly. And that gives it a really odd flavor. It's very earthy, very earthy, very spicy. Yeah. And I think it's got a bit of a, a note of like engine grease about it. A bit of melted plastic going on. Yeah. I, I Another tasting note I gave was old car dashboards. Mm. It's a confusing drop. It's also a quite rare drop. So if you do see it, it is worth trying. Don't expect to love it, but expect to be fascinated. It's a challenging drop. It it's, is. It's not, it's not bad. It's just but it's not, not good. what you expect. <laughs> yeah, but oh, it's a well-deserving winner of the Weird Ski Award. Um, the next award is not a bottle. It's a person. The Bill Lark Award for service to the Tasmanian whiskey industry. Who was the very first winner of the Bill Lark Award, Ted? Hmm, let me think. Was it Bill Lark? Yes, yes, it was Bill Lark. Um, probably makes sense. The first winner of an award for service to Tasmanian whiskey was Bill Lark, um, winning the award that's named after himself. But various other brilliant people in the Tasmanian whiskey scene have won it over the years. For example, Big Bignall, um, Tim Duckett, yep. Patrick Maguire from Sullivan's Cove. Nick and Ted. I'm going to win it one day in the future, yeah. yeah. Um, Matt Cooper won it last year, but we're really excited to announce this year's winner. So we grew up, we didn't grow up, we came into the whiskey industry knowing her as Jane Overeem, but um, it's not her name anymore. Her name is now Jane Sawford. Yes, Overeem or Sawford, she has continued to make amazing contributions to the Tasmanian whiskey scene as a whole and was really one of the important people when it was all getting started. And is a fantastically nice person to oh, boot. absolutely. And that's, you know, that's important when it comes to the Bill Lark Award. Um, someone that is so welcoming and friendly and warm and prepared to share their time and their knowledge. Um, we got to officially meet her as Whiskey Waffle this year and, yeah, we're absolutely blown away by her her kindness and all the things that she had to tell us were fascinating. Yeah, she's a well-deserving winner of the award and yeah. will continue to do great things for Tasmanian whiskey. But not a, not a like, she's done a lot of make whiskey whiskey making, um, but that's not specifically the reason that we gave her the award. She's done also done a lot to do with promoting mm. Tasmanian whiskey and promoting it to sort of, well, in the start of the Tasmanian community, but to get them on board, but then further afield. Mm. Um, and really, yeah, getting people to sort of know what Tasmanian whiskey is. Of course, she started out promoting um, her father, Casey Overeem's whiskey, which is um, unsurprisingly called Overeem. Make sure you try some if you find it. It's delicious stuff. I'm drinking out of an Overeem glass right now. Um, and yeah, it started there. Then she became um, sales managing for both Lark and Overeem. Now she's making her own stuff, which is called Salford yeah. Distillery. I think she also had a hand in um, helping set up Tasmanian Whiskey Week. Mm. As she was well, one of the original. Um, now, now one of uh, a really big event every year in Tasmania and showcases uh, Tasmanian whiskey to the wider populace. So basically, the new distillery starting up these days, they have it easy. They have it. Well, it's not easy. It's still a tough job, but they don't have to convince people out there that Tasmanian whiskey is good. Thanks to people like Jane Overeem or Jane Salford as she is now, that job has already been done, and everyone wants a piece of Tasmanian whiskey. So. Moving on to our final award. This is the big one. Oh, yeah. Whiskey of the Year, which we call the Golden Dram. Mm. This is an interesting drop. We have spoken about this drop on the uh, podcast before, mm. and it's a fascinating one. We still, it's the flavors in it just make you go, how the hell did they do that? Yeah, I know. And um, if I was to be asked, you know, what is the 
objectively best whiskey that I tried last year. I'm not sure if I could 100% say it's this one, but this is the one that I keep coming back to time and time again, get most excited by. I've got to say this is my favorite, which is what the award's for. Yeah, absolutely. And the winner of that award Of the Golden Dram in 2019 is, drumroll please, is the Korowa Bosque Verde. Hey, so Korowa, tell us about Korowa, Ted, just briefly. So Korowa is... That's enough time? Yeah. Uh, no, actually, a bit more information. Okay, so Korowa is from uh, the southern side of New South Wales, near the border of uh, Victoria. It's named after the town that it's built in, or it, it's not actually built in. They inhabit an old flour mill that the uh, father of Dean Drews, who is the head distiller at Korowa, bought... Fr- friend of the podcast, Dean Friend Drews. of the podcast, bought for the grand total of... One dollar. And, so, um, yeah, set up there. And they have been, yeah, producing some pretty killer drops. And this one is the Port Cask Matured Cask Strength release. Yep. And it tastes just like they've taken a Christmas cake, blended it up, juiced it, and poured it into a bottle. It's phenomenal. How do they do it? Maybe they do exactly that. Maybe that's it. They just blend some dates and just mix it through. The thing is, it's a young whiskey as well. Like it, yeah, it, it's not it's not the most mature whiskey in the world. Um, but that give that just for some reason for this particular one gives it this real depth and of character that, like, we keep going back and just finding new things and sort of yeah, wondering where is that coming from? It's surprising. It's a left field winner, but gosh, I think it's deserving. Absolutely. Congratulations to Drusy and the team. You guys have won the Whiskey Waffle 2019 Golden Dram. Woo! Nick. Yes. I wonder if that squeaking got caught on the micro- microwave. <laughs> what, are we, what are we talking to? <laughs> Microphones. That's the one. The Whiskey. Okay, we're doing a whiskey review. It's the whiskey on the Whiskey Waffle podcast. So, we've got a, I guess, one of the bigger Scottish distilleries on offer today. Yeah. And it's it's another Isla Dram. So, of course, we say Isla and we mean smoke. We do mean smoke. Mm. But uh, this whiskey I've always, or this distillery, I've always found less Islery than than your big sort of, your Ardbegs or your... Your Lagavulins or your Lafroigs. It does have a different flavour. It also has different owners um, to some of them, I think. Yeah, well, possibly. Oh, different owners. I thought you said yeah. it has different odours. I'm like, that's oh, yeah. an interesting way to talk odors. about the nose. Um, yeah, so this is owned by, well, it used to be owned by a company called Morrison Bowmore, which might give away what the distillery yes. is. I don't think it's, they're the current owners anymore. It, it no, changes. I was reading a really interesting article the other day about um, foreign ownership of um, whiskey brands. And yeah, this, it's mm. really interesting who's got what. It's basically stables. everything except Glenn Farkless has got our foreign owners. So you said Morrison Bowmore was the previous owner. Yep. You, you want to take a stab at who the current owner is? It's one uh, of the really... Beam Suntory. Yes, it is Beam Suntory. Good, yeah. good work. Anyway, this was going to be a concise review, but we've already got distracted and we haven't right. really announced what it is. Right. Whiskey Waffle does a concise review of... Of the Bowmore, Bowmore Small Batch. This is the one with the, the green highlights on the white box. So it's a Naz whiskey. And it's about three inches high. Yeah, okay, because I'm pouring out a small one. I used to have yeah. a big bottle, but I've run yeah. out of that one. Now I've got the small one left. And um, yeah, it's... I would say it's a bit rubbery on the nose. Okay, so we're having a smell. Yeah, interesting because rubbery is exactly one of the tasting notes I get from Bowmore in general. It reminds me of Irish, Irish whiskies. Yeah. Like coolies, like... 
like your Connemara um, and mm. even even some other um, Irish whiskies from that. Now, Connemara is actually peated, which it's is a good it, comparison. It's sort of rubber like rubber is in like a rubber on a pencil end. Yeah, yeah. The reason I've run out of the big bottle is because I erased that one pretty quick. You know what? This whiskey smells like a pencil. It smells like a pencil. It smells like a pencil. It's got the rubber tip on the end. It's yep. got a bit of sort of woodiness. Mm-hmm. And then there's like this sort of almost graphite sort of element in there. Yeah, well, that's just there on the go. nose. It's pencil whiskey. Pencil whiskey. Well, um, uh, and, and that is the line that I'm pushing. <laughs> nice one. So listeners at home, you might have tried this one before. Um, some people might like it. Some people might dislike it. So let's get the whiskey waffle opinion when we have a sip. <laughs> that's good for our listeners back there getting you. The real audio experience of sipping a whiskey, mm. Ted. Good job. It's not, it's not it's, the peatiest whiskey, is it? It's, it's, not, it's not very peaty at all, actually. Like, you get it on the nose, but when you have a sip, it's... Ah, uh, see, the end's got this, like, weird vegetative mm. sort of thing going it's on. The very, it's, like, it's the bottom of the of the vegetable crisper in the fridge, isn't it? Yeah, it's like it's a bit sprouty or something, <laughs> which doesn't thrill me because I I don't I don't actually mind the nose on this. I quite like the nose. Yeah, it's it's nice enough, but the the nose has got one of those um sort of islery noses where it's and it's the smoke in it that makes me go like just want to keep sniffing over and over again. Whereas the mouth is it's a bit sort of tireish, isn't it? It's not that I'm get tired of it. It actually tastes like tires. I find the mouth tires. a bit disappointing to be honest. Mm. I think it's a bit watery. It doesn't have yeah, enough what smoke. What percentage is it? And it's got that weird planty thing going on. So it's a 40%. You know, I think this is very much aimed at non-peat heads, non-whiskey nerds. I think this is a, it's a safe entry, isn't it? But see, this is in a way that um, Bunnahaven isn't. Well, like, yeah. Yeah, like, see, Bunnahaven is sort of Isla's non-smoky whiskey, and this one's kind of like non-smoky as well, but Bunnahaven has great depth and I don't think this one ever to tries it. to be non-smoky. It tries mm. to be smoky and soft at the same time. And it's just, you mm. know, you can't do both, I don't think. At least not to my satisfaction. No, there's just something lacking on the mouth there. Mm. It's not to say it's like a complete washout. Yeah. It's, it's, it's drinkable, but it just doesn't quite live up to what we expect an Isla drop to live up to. It doesn't excite me. I'd say that out of out of the eight original Isla distilleries, Beaumont probably my eighth favourite. But someone, someone's got to come eighth, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. So, listeners, have you had this Beaumont small batch before? It's a bit confusing with the way they release their whiskies because they've, since releasing this, they've rebranded again and they've done like their, their number one, which is like their NAS. Then they've got their 1215. The 15 is their... Older, the darkest, the Bowmore darkest, if any of you we have don't tried mind that, that before. One. No, I don't mind that one. But having gone back to it recently, I still get that rubbery note. It's just the palette has heaps more depth. Whereas this small batch, this little green one, it's a bit disappointing, isn't it? I, I like the nose. I, I will say that I do like the nose yep. on this, but the flavor, the palette, just leaves something to be desired. Mm. Holy so, cow. Like, people would usually accuse us of just, like, sort of, being suckholes and sort of liking every whiskey that we come across. How many stars, Ted? I see. I'm always tempted to give it two stars. Yeah, I think it's a two-star whiskey. Um, but what do you think, listeners? Get in touch. Bowmore Small Batch. Ted is um, helping with his spontaneous guessing by looking up all the information that he can before we actually start the section. Fresh meat. Fresh meat. So fresh meat is the section where we take 
a brand new whiskey that neither of us had tried before, and drink it and give our first impressions. That's really as simple as it is. Yep. I have not tried this whiskey. I've never even tried anything from this distillery. I've never even tried something from this country that makes the whiskey. But um, we're about to. Here we well, go. That, that's interesting. Okay. So having not tried anything from that country means that it's probably not somewhere like Scotland. Nope. Or Ireland. Nope. Or Americas. Nope. Or Australia's. Nope. Or Japan. Nope. Or India. Nope. Um, it's Europe. Um, and one of the bigger countries. I think there's probably going to be more whiskey coming out of this country as time goes on, but this is one of the first ones because this is a whiskey from Germany and I'm about to open it. So the first question is how do we pronounce the distillery name? Well, on face value, Schleers. Schleers? Schleers? It's probably, it's probably got a sh in there. Schleers? <laughs> it does after you've had a few drams of it. Schleers. So it's spelled S-L-Y-R-S. For those people who are interested in what the heck we are saying, or if you're actually German and you're wondering what German words we are butchering, there you go, Ted. Take D- some schlurs. Dankeschön. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. The German comes out. And the more you drink of this, the more German you get. So this is called the 51, which um, rather unsurprisingly means it's 51%. So just just at first look, it's a it's, it's a relatively light gold color. It's I'd not, say it's it, uh, whiskey colored. It's not straw-like. And it's not sort of got a bit more red in it. So it's, yeah, I, I, we might be able to infer that there's some bourbon casking. I'd say that is a very safe bet. Yeah, it, do, it doesn't look like a sherry or a, nah. or a wine cask or something like that. At least like not that. exclusively. Let's have, a, let's have a nose. All right. Nosey way. This is always the best part for audio listeners when we start <laughs> sniffing it. Okay, there's lots there, isn't there? It, it starts, I was going to say, it starts off pretty light, but then... Once you get a get a bit more of a sniff and it develops a bit, it's, what does it remind me of? It does remind me of some Scottish drops. It's side ones. Yeah, it's spaceidey. I'd say mm. it's honey and vanilla, um, a bit shortbready maybe. Mm. It's even rainy as well, which I know it's a single malt. So yeah, that's- actually, it reminds me slightly of that twenty six year old um, single uh, the Invergordon. Yeah, the Invergordon mm. that I've got. It's got a slight graininess to it. it I don't does. know if it is I don't know if it is a grain whiskey. No, it's but- not. It's single malt. Mm. That's one of the only things we know about it. Okay. So curious. Let's have a sip. Okay. Relatively sharp at the start and at the end. Yes. And in the middle. Yes. <laughs> um the fifty one percent. Gives it some gives it a boost though, doesn't it? Gives it some character. It's not a it's not an entry level whiskey. Actually mm. the finish though, what you left chewing on is quite nice. It's very vanillary, sort of um, cookie dough-esque. Mm. Yeah, it's a curious one. It's, it's got that, yeah, it's got that sort of sharp component over the top, but then there's some mm. nice I think the second sip underneath. is going to reveal more. It's got a bit of a, it, it reminds me slightly, another another reminder. Yeah. Of um, But there's there's a small element of bourbonness in there. It's like that, it's not, it's not bourbon in itself. It's more that kind of rose um, sweet sort of, flavour that you get in bourbon. Yeah. This couldn't have been in virgin oak casks, could it? It could perhaps. That's maybe why I'm thinking that. Yeah, or at least Maybe that's where that sharpness comes from and also that sweetness. Mm. Yeah, it doesn't doesn't help us with the colour there, but I mean depends on its age, which mm. is not specified, nor is the cask type. But what is specified is where it is from in Germany. It's a wonderful part of Germany. And where is that? Bavaria. Ah, uh, the bit where they wear lederhosen and 
slap themselves and uh, and drink a lot of beer. Yeah, play play umpers and stay out stay out in the park until it gets dark, and then stay out a little bit longer until people start going home. Probably one of the most social parts of the world that I've ever been to. All right, well, let's give our impressions then. Yeah, um, challenging. Yeah, I think it's that that sharpness certainly makes it a slightly more difficult whiskey to drink. Do you need to add water, Ted? Maybe. Maybe maybe the percentage is also playing a factor. Mm. I think, I don't know, but I think we might be onto something with the virgin oak. Mm. Maybe there's at least a component of it. There's a woodiness oak. to it that's not like a your standard oaking sort of thing. It's Yeah. Yeah. Look, I think it's I think it's good. I think it's definitely 100% the best German whiskey that I've <laughs> ever tried in my life. Indeed. Interesting. Have you ever tried any German whiskey? If so, let us know what you think. Also, how badly we've been pronouncing it. Get in touch um, on on Twitter, uh, Instagram comments. They're a great one. Or, or capture yourself a fat German carrier pigeon. Yep. From behind the lines. Yep. Deck it out in Lederhosen. Yep. And send it on on over for our Captain Blackadder to have for his tea. <laughs> Indeed. Well, there you go. Schleers. Schleers. Get it close to your face, Teddy boy. The microphone, that is. From the spirit sack. All right, Nick. Yes, sorry, that's me. I've been, I've been rummaging around in the spirit sack. Oh, I bet you have. And I have a letter. You have a letter. Yeah, unfortunately, the carrier pigeon died because we didn't actually get to the sack quick enough over Christmas. Well, but, you know, we've got to have a holiday sometime. But the, the letter still arrived. Yep. And it is from a friend of the pod, yep. Cleon. Cleon. He has written to us, and he has sent us a whiskey. Would you rather? Oh right, is this from the spirit sack or whiskey? Would you rather? Well, it's a bit of both. I it's mean, a bit of both, right? it's it's a bit of both. It, it, technically, I'd say it's a whiskey. Would you rather? So, listeners out there, if you want to send us a whiskey, would you rather? Just either follow Cleon's lead and send us a carrier pigeon, or send us an email to whiskeywaffle at gmail dot com, or alternatively, just uh, social media that works. We're on Facebook, aren't we? Yep. Smoke signals. Yeah, yeah. Semaphore. Yeah, it's a, it's a bit of both because he's he's sent it in, so it is it has sort of fallen into the spirit sack. But yeah, I've but taken um, it out, dusted it off, and it's now on the uh, whiskey. Would you rather show? So let's uh, let's play the ident. Whiskey, would you rather? All right, Nick. I seeing seeing as I discovered this one today. Yep. I'm going to read it to you, mm. and you are going to give me and Cleon and all the nice little boys and girls out there drinking their whiskey an answer. All right, I'll do my best. Okay, Nick. Yes. Whiskey would you rather? Ooh. Three bottles of premium heartwood. I don't know that there's any other sort of heartwood, really. But <laughs> Suppose that, you know, just I, it, it's, it's a bit of cheap a, rubbish heartwood. Yeah, yeah, it's one of those things. Like, it's it's a it's a garbage word because you don't actually need to put premium in front of heartwood because it just is. Anyway, okay, clear three on, bottles of heartwood. All right, would you rather three premium bottles of heartwood or... Three bottles of 18 to 22-year-old. He's quite specific with 22. I don't know why we don't go up into the next bracket. Anyway, um, 18 to 22-year-old single malt scotch from distilleries of your choosing. Now, um, so, for example, some of those 18 to 20, imagine like a 21-year-old Glendronic or 18-year-old Glendronic. Yep. Um, or, you know, that sort of... Do they have any Portellans that young? Um, sure, if you can find them. There's not many left in the world. But like a Lafroic 18 or something, you know, really fantastic like this. Yeah, he says from your choosing. You mm. can choose You can choose anything you like in the yeah. 18 to 22 reason. Europe. There's a reason I'm sort of padding this out with just some, um, just some <laughs> alternatives. Yeah. Because, I know uh, where you're going to go. I could answer this very, very quickly otherwise. 
So what are some other? No, okay, it's it's the Heartwoods. It's the Heartwoods all the way. Um, because so Nicholas, you've, made, you've made an error yeah. there, Cleon. You've made an error. Yeah, tell three, Cleon why he's made three an error. versus three. Three mm. bottles of Heartwood, which are all you know, sort of in those fifty-five to seventy percentage sort of range. They're one of you know two hundred, two hundred fifty bottles. Rare, rare, and they're just bloody good to drink. We've owned a, a couple throughout our lifetime. Um, but the thing is, if you do buy a bottle, mm, of that before, reminds me, I bought one today. You bought one. Yeah. You bought the Witch's Cauldron. I did. Good man. You convinced me. Well, I just I I seeded the idea. You seeded the idea, and then it 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 very much took root, and yes. now I've gone and done it. Rooted so. yourself, yeah. Um, <laughs> so um, it is it is the heartwood all the way because once you've even if you finish the bottle of um eighteen year old Lafroig or twenty one year old Glendronic, you can still go back and buy another one. Sure, it might be a similar price or even more, but. The heartwood has this X factor. Here is a tricky one for you, Ted. I'm going to throw it right back at you. All right. It's three it's all bottles. Over my face. Three bottles of a Scottish 18 year old of your choosing, or one bottle of heartwood. Mm, now that's that's a much more challenging prospect from us biased Tasmanians. <sighs> yeah. See now this. See Cleon. Yeah. See what's happened here. <laughs> see where you made the mistake. Now this see is what making you made me us do. Man, this is making me think really hard. Oh, look, no, it's it's actually not as hard as it as it sounds. It's it's actually for exactly the reasons that you gave before. It's actually quite simple. I'm going to go to the Heartwood because they are uh, ephemeral. Yeah, they last for a very short time, and as you say, like this is the thing with Scotch whiskey that they and particularly like age release ones. They keep putting it out. They keep aging it to a certain age, and then it comes out. Heartwood comes and goes. Mm-hmm. It comes That's out it. once. People snap it up. Then people sell it at a much higher price online, <laughs> um, much to Mr. Duckett's annoyance, and it, then it's gone. Mm. So I am definitely going to take the Heartwood. You see, in that, that situation I posed you, I'm almost thinking of taking the three 18-year-olds. I don't know why, because the hardwood is so 20, special. Or twenty twos. I mean, you can have up to twenty-two year olds. I can't yeah, think yeah. of many twenty-two year old yeah, whiskies. But well, what we're saying is they're all legal. Um, <laughs> if I got like a Highland Park eighteen, a Lafroig eighteen, and a Glendronic eighteen, like, yeah, but you can still get them at any time. I can, I can. But you just got a hardwood today. How many Scottish eighteen-year-olds did you get today? I mean, a few. <laughs> You're giving me I'm, a- not, I'm, I'm not, not going to tell you their names, but they are they are very pretty. Oh yeah, yeah. Please write to us and tell us just just sort of let us know how wrong Cleon was with his <laughs> question. Yeah, yeah. Um, you'll find Cleon on Twitter at no. Okay, sorry, yeah. Cleon. I wouldn't do that to you. Yep. I might do that to you. Well, I'm going to have to check out this whiskey shelf of yours, Ted, and that's not a euphemism. I'll send you a snap. That is a euphemism. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, mm. I come to you groveling. What have you done, Ted? I have made an error. Oh, it's a, you're a big man to admit your mistakes. I mean, you're a big man in general, but I'm even bigger now. Well, I must, I must say that we were contacted by a very irate person called Anthony in relation to our podcast uh, last year about Korowa. Yeah, the um, Golden Dram winning Korowa. Yes. And I must apologise for a very, a very important error that I made. Mm. I may have said that Junie. What? What's Junie again? Junie is a small town in New South Wales. Right. 
What were you saying about Junie? Which is definitely not in Wagga Wagga. Right. It's where is it? Well, north of Wagga Wagga, I think. Right. Like it, it, it's it's in a drivable distance, but it is not the one in the same place. All right. So I, th- is- I think I said that the Junie Chocolate Factory was in Wagga, oh, but actually Junie yeah. in itself is a town of its own. Ted. Right. That is that is despicable. That is unacceptable and unforgivable. Yes. You need to give yourself at least five spankings. I will. <laughs> no, um, I. S- <laughs> yeah, no, our listeners don't really want to be privy to that. Um, no, I, I, I mean, like we, we sort of, we sort of chuckle about this as like Wagga Junior. It's, it's the same thing in it, but it's not because it's like someone coming and saying Hellier's Road is from Alverston, and we would tell them what for if they were to say that, no, I, I or worse, Devonport. Devonport yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Yes, so apologies for that. This is a case where I've not done my research quite well enough and I've slipped up during the uh, speaking of it. But so, Junie, I up, restore you to your correct and right place. Non-woggery place. And maybe in a future um, podcast when we talk about um, Koroa again, mm. I will... When we get uh, Dean Drews on the podcast. Friend yes, of podcast maybe, maybe when we get Dean Drews on the podcast, I will also... Endeavoured to get some more information from Anthony as well, who lives in Juni, although he's originally from Tasmania, so he is oh, fa- and fan of the podcast. Yeah, but shout out to Anthony. He was he was angry on behalf of Juni. He for was our, irate. Our, yes, and why why would, would you want to be lumped into Wagga Wagga? Exactly. And now everyone from Wagga Wagga is <laughs> sort of come up. Angry. Are you anyway. from Wagga Wagga? If so, please get in touch. Um, yeah, Anthony, no. mate, I'm sorry that I didn't research this enough beforehand, and Ted? we will rectify this in the future. Good groveling. Thanks. Well, I think that that really brings us to the end of the episode, don't it, Ted? With that, with that apology, it does there's, indeed. There's no one else we need to apologise to, is there? We'll see who gets offended by this podcast. I suppose. Yeah, I know. We'll just send us send us letters. Look, the the thing was, even even though he he got miffed at us, I felt actually very happy that he had sent an email because it proved that someone was listening. Yeah, beyond our mothers. It is good. So he sent us an email, whiskeywaffle at gmail.com. Feel free to get in touch. Um, and tell us what other mistakes we've made because there are plenty. Actually, you know what? What? So, so my mother um, said to me <laughs> the other day. Back on your mother again, yeah. Uh, my mother said to me the other day that yep. she enjoyed our last podcast. Oh, that's that's good. <laughs> Is this an unusual amount and, of enjoyment? And at the time I'm saying this, our last podcast was the um, one that released at the very end of no- 2019. Yep. Um, but she thought it was a bit too waffly. It's a bit too waffly. Yes. Right. But we did say, we did say on the top on the tin that it is like it was our sort of bits and pieces one that we just threw like lots of different bits in. But yeah. she said we need to be more succinct. Yeah. Uh oh. Um. We say this in the probably the least succinct outro we've ever done. Yes. Oops. Oh right. Quick. Sorry. Before my mum gets angry again. Um. Yes. Goodbye, everyone. Thank you for listening. Bye. Sorry, Have Anthony. A lot of fun. Uh. Keep on waffling. Love you. Good night. Who do you love? Whiskey Waffle recommends you drink whiskey responsibly and only if you're above the legal drinking age in your country. Our lawyers made us say that. Or at least, they would have if we actually had lawyers. You need to give yourself at least five spankings.